Hi, and welcome to the Making the Media podcast. I'm your host for the show, Craig Wilson, and it's great to have you join us. In this edition of the podcast, we're going to focus a bit more on studio workflows with the executive director of the UK-based news channel Talk TV, Erin Gordon. Talk TV only launched a few months ago with a headline show presented by the broadcaster and journalist Piers Morgan. Erin was heavily involved in the launch and directs Piers' evening show. Erin has an extensive background in television and confesses to being a TV nerd, fascinated by the way it works and how it looks. In his career, he's seen technology evolve to change the way shows are produced and presented and how the audience interacts, regardless of the platform on which they are watching. So let's hear from him now. And I began by asking him to outline what his current role entails. So initially, um, I was brought in to help launch this new News and Views channel um, on behalf of News UK. Um, and that was, you know, creating the look for the channel, the, you know, the audio, the sound for the channel, the on-screen graphics and the set design. Um, and, uh, and a lot of my efforts went into launching Piers Morgan Uncensored, which is the sort of flagship programme uh, on on the channel, um, but it also is a global program. It's broadcast um, on Fox's successful streaming service, Fox Nation, uh, in the United States, um, and it's also broadcast on Sky News Australia as well. So uh, yeah, it was a busy busy time, but a lot of things to juggle. But but nowadays it's more day to day directing. So I direct um, Piers Morgan's show. Uh, every weeknight and um, as well as that uh, we're kind of managing our studio teams you know making sure that we're running because we've we've run a quite a number of studios and we've got you know we've got several directors and vision mixers and you know it's, a, it's quite a big team actually because you know it's we've got studio we've got two studios at London Bridge um, and then a studio here at Ealing Broadcast Centre as well which is the timeline facility. So Erin, how did you get into directing to start with? I was a floor manager at ITN many years ago. Um, and um, the role, the actual title of the role was junior studio producer. And that was because as well as floor managing the main news bulletins on Channel 5 News, you would also TD, so you would technical direct, vision mix direct, the, um, the news updates, the five news updates. So I started believe it or not sort of directing but not in a true sense it was running a minute and a half news bulletin um at like the age of sort of 18 because 18 19 um so that was my kind of and then I, I got a shot at directing the saturday morning uh breakfast show that channel five used to do five news early um which was fun you know it was a good and i had no idea what i was doing you know i really didn't you know and it, but it was an amazing opportunity and um it was sort of that was my first kind of foot in the door of directing but then i went into vision mixing uh, i got a job at sky news vision mix there and then became a vision mixer at gmtv um back in what 2001 i think i was there for about three years vision mixing gmtv then went back to to Sky when they got the five news contract to make the news bulletins for Channel 5. Uh, and I was vision mixing there. And then once again, started directing the kind of the weekend programs and the evening news bulletins, things like that. And then I became a kind of fully fledged director um, uh, on Sky News, I think 2007, I think it was. Um, and that was when I started directing full time. And then from then, 
moved to moved back to GMTV to direct that, um, and then was at ITV uh, from from that period onwards, from sort of two thousand and eight to uh, about this time last year. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating how people's careers develop and, um, you know, careers change. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people I speak to who could never have really imagined they'd be in the kind of position they're in now, you know, when they look back at, at where they began. Yeah, and, and but, but, I, mean, I think that's the really exciting thing about television um, and, and, and the industry. You know, I love this industry. I think it's a really great place. Great, you know, I'm really fortunate to be doing a job that I absolutely love. And... You know, I've had some amazing opportunities, had, you know, I mean, I'm coming up to 25 years in television next month. And, you know, I started when I was 16 and I was given an amazing opportunity by uh, Chris Shaw um, at ITN, who was the editor of Five News back then. And, you know, I was just a weekend runner. I was, you know, T-boy, photocopying scripts, that sort of thing. But you, a lot of the people that I've worked with in those early days are now really senior people. Um, you know, so, you know, these these the, the people that were kind of news editors and program editors back then are now industry leaders. So I've just been really lucky. And I think the other exciting thing when I joined the industry to where it is now is how technology has changed. And, you know, I think when we when I was at Five News at ITN in the late 90s, it was, you know, we didn't have a lot of, you know, it wasn't there weren't auto, there weren't automated control rooms there weren't you know robotic cameras i'm sure they existed elsewhere perhaps but they didn't there and that enabled me to kind of pick up more skills so you know i I was just this annoying 16 year old that was just saying oh can i do that and can i do that and i ended up you know i ended up doing really random things like writing the weather bulletin um and things like that it was just you know odd things like that you know because i didn't really know what i wanted to do back then i used to work on the the news desk and um and do assignments and things like that um so but all of that has helped because i understand more now in the position i'm in you know when you know it's quite it's quite handy to have had a sort of dip my toe into all those different fields different areas of the industry because i kind of have a bit bit more of an a broader understanding of it it's definitely about taking the opportunities that uh, that come along and i guess are placed in in front of you uh, so let's maybe talk about launching the show and and launching the the channel you know it was a big thing just a few months ago uh, so really what i'm interested in is you know what happens when someone approaches you and says, "You know, um, we've got this position. We want you to do it. Uh, we want you to launch the sh- the show. It's a big name, uh, obviously, with with Piers Morgan. So, really, where do you start with something like that?" Yeah, well, I mean, interestingly, it was Piers himself that that reached out, I and mean, Piers and I worked uh, really closely together at Good Morning Britain, um, and you know, we worked there for a number of years until he left, which um, I'm sure everyone um, has uh, was aware of or, or is aware of. Um, and, you know, I was really happy at Good Morning Britain, really enjoyed uh, my time at ITV. But I mean, one of the things that was that was probably getting to me after 13 years was probably the two o'clock in the morning alarm call. So when Piers uh, reached out and said, you know, I'd love, uh, you know, I'm launching a new show. It's going to be, you know, very exciting, you know, new opportunity. You know, it's it's not going to be easy because we were build, building from the ground up. But I'd really like you to get involved and not just that, you know, I want you to kind of be involved with the channel. And, and you know, it sounded like a really exciting opportunity, you know, and it's a huge risk leaving the kind of security of a job and a role at ITV, you know, the biggest commercial broadcaster, you know, making flagship morning show for for ITV for, for a huge network. 
Um, and you're kind of stepping into a world that is, you know, is very different. Um, and you're having to build your team and build and, and, and create new looks. And but because I'm this kind of huge TV nerd, like I literally get my kicks by watching, you know, other news programs. I mean, it's really sad, but I enjoy it. So whatever, um, you know, I'll spend an evening on YouTube watching the new look RTL or something like that. They just launched a new studio. To me, that's interesting. I find that interesting, which, you know, I probably need to get out more. But actually, that's what I think makes me good at my job is that is that I kind of, so I kind of, you know, look at all those things and, you know, it creates new ideas, things like that. So, yeah, that's kind of, that that helps with the challenge. But it, yeah, it was a big, it was a big challenge. It still is a big challenge because, you know, we've only been on air for a few months. I mean, and you know, it's tough launching a new channel and finding an audience. And and also in this new multi, you know, we're in a multi-platform world, unless you're BBC or BBC One or ITV or one of the mainstream broadcasters, it's hard finding a new audience. So you're kind of, uh, what our offering is, and one of the things that we're very keen to do here is it's, it's multi-platform. It's, if you don't watch the full hour long show, that's fine. But actually a lot of our, you, our YouTube channel is doing great numbers for Piers' show. And, you know, all the clips that are generated from across the network get really good pickup on, you know, TikTok and, um, and things like that and YouTube. So these kind of platforms that are finding new audiences that just aren't watching traditional linear television. That's actually something I wanted to ask a little bit about because, you know, um, we do talk to a lot of people on the podcast about, you know, multi-platform distribution, the rise of, you know, TikTok and Instagram and, and other ways that news is, is dis- distributed. Uh, but, you know, I'm still interested and I think there's still a huge appetite across all these platforms for well-produced studio programs. And I think at times people maybe ignore that um, and they think a little bit more uh, that it's just about getting contact out to, to these people. So I'm interested in you know what you think about how the show is crafted um, and is that done really with other platforms um, in mind or are you just focused on you know the TV show? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a TV person. So f- first and foremost, I want to make a really good looking television program. And you know I think that we have achieved that here and I'm really proud of, of, of what my team and I have, have done and and you know actually you know we were just nominated one our, our ident music was just nominated for for an award for you know for original sound design and you know so those things are really I think they're hugely important um but you, you, of course you are thinking about the other platforms and you're thinking about you know the size of the you know we one of the things that we think about in our banners our on-screen banners is you know the size of the text on screen a lot of uh networks now are kind of doing much smaller you know typeface and 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 not bold big you know it's looking a little bit more conservative um and one of the things that i wanted to do here is just make a much sort of louder you know bigger arguably tabloid in some respects um look and i think that's because when people are watching on their their mobile device it's easier to read so when it comes to creating the look, you know, you mentioned you know earlier watching that new uh, RTL show. You know, what are you looking at, um, you know, to try to find inspiration? Yeah, I am, and um, I, I, just because even if it doesn't sort of, even if I don't get inspiration from it, I'm just, I, I mean, I'll look at really old stuff as well. You know, I, I'll go down 
looking at, I mean, I, honestly, it's very probably niche, the sort of random old TV clips and things that I look at. But um, but I love it because I think it does inspire me, you know, theme music, um, set design, on-screen graphics, um, you know, especially whilst working at Good Morning Britain. And we when we launched Good Morning Britain, a lot of our inspiration was from the American morning shows. Um, and, 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 and the same thing with Piers' show. Now, Piers' show is very glossy. Um, it's people will say it's American. It's arguably, you know, very American in its design. But um, when people say it's American, they said that about Good Morning Britain, actually. Um, to me, it's not American. It's just well done. And I think US television news particularly does a, a, a brilliant job at making sort of news output, adding in some of those entertainment you know, high production values that you would see on shiny floor shows like Strictly or or Britain's Got Talent, things like that. Um, and you're pumping those into news and current affairs because just because it's news doesn't mean that it's boring. And that kind of goes way back to when I first started in 1997 at Channel 5 News, which was this really innovative news programme presented by Kirsty Young. She was perched on a desk. She was walking around the newsroom and the newsroom was the studio um so she was talking to the political editor she'd walk to his desk and talk about politics um and so i think that has always stuck with me being a sort of child of or or, or a student of five news circa 97 has kind of is what sort of made me such a nerd today because it's tv news shouldn't be boring it should be engaging and interesting and even more so with you know, people making their own kind of news, you know, channels on YouTube and things like that. People are doing their own things. There is, there's so many uh, options these days to, to choose from. You've really got to stand out. And I think that what we've done with the look of Talk TV and Piers Morgan Uncensored is that, you know, it's eye-catching, it's bold, it's loud. Um, and, you know, hopefully it does stand out in a crowded market. Ultimately, of course, it is really the content of the show that, that is key to everything else. But, you know, you talked a little about, you know, your your background and, and interest in, in technology and in, and in news. So what kind of innovations do you think have also maybe helped articulate those stories better? I think the biggest um, tech innovation, you know, I'm a bit, of, you know, I love technology. I'm not an under the bonnet guy. So even when I was a vision mixer, I was I was very much more about the the look. The, the piecing it together rather than the programming and the engineering you know I leave that to kind of the experts because that was never my that's never been my sort of field of expertise but I think the biggest technological innovation that that I can pinpoint off top off top of my head right now is live view and I think um live view has just changed how we make television programs before getting jacking a live up at a location took quite a lot of effort you know links truck and you know all that you know so much involved in it now you turn up with a backpack and and you're off and you get to places that you would never have got to with that you know you've got that freedom to move around which is incredible not being tied down to one spot um so you know when it comes to breaking news and things like that i think that that for me is one of the the biggest innovations that, that i can think that i can think of in my time anyway I mean, apart from the obvious ones like moving away from, you know, when I first started at ITN, we had uh, Betacam and, you know, and there was a, you know, uh, we called it stack, but essentially it was Betacart machine. Um, 
you know, but you, you've moved to, from that to digital and things, you know, so, you know, it's that, that those are the obvious ones. One of the things about an organisation like Talk TV, I guess, is it's, it's relatively small in comparison to obviously what you've done at, at GMB as part of ITV. Does that maybe allow you more freedom to, uh, to perhaps innovate and, and do things quicker? Yeah, it does. It does. And, that, and that's one of the really exciting things about being on uh, in this new role, coming from a, a, a bigger organisation like ITV, is that, you know, they just it is a smaller organisation. Obviously, Talk TV is part of News UK, which is part of News Corp, which is hugely successful, massive organisation. So we've got a, a great backing from all of our leaders and you know managers across in the United States and here here in London as well. But you know, Talk TV particularly is is a small small operation. Um, but you there's less red tape, so we're launching new programmes at the moment, um, and as kind of I'm part of my role as creative director as well is that you know we I can say to a, set, a, a graphic designer this is what I want this is the brief off you go make it happen and when the they start presenting their work you know we as a team evaluate the work we show it to exec producers things like that but ultimately it comes down to the this you know whether I like it you know I it doesn't it, it, which is really quite you know unique really and um but that's amazing for me as a TV nerd because I get to basically create looks. You know, I'm not, I don't design, obviously, but, you know, working with really talented people, you know, we create, you know, we cut through the kind of, you know, we, the red tape and just do what we want and what we think is right. I'm surrounded by people that just love television and that's what makes it so exciting. So obviously we've been through in the UK a fairly extraordinary um, few weeks with the with death of the Queen. Um, and that's really what I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, being in the gallery, being in the control room when when things um, happen. You know, clearly mm. shows are produced, they're, they're prepared. Um, but of course, one of the great things about news is, is, is times change, things change and the running order changes. So, you know, really, I think that's what makes television really exciting. And um, so I'm interested in, Maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the experiences around handling, you know, the the area around the the, the Queen's death, um, and perhaps reflecting on, I guess, which is probably one of the biggest stories of 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 your career. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, first and foremost, I I prefer it when the running order is thrown out. That's that's my type of telly. You know, I love. That's why I, I really love doing news because you know, you get your kind of straight lace days where you follow the running order, but actually when it's thrown out the window and you're having to, you know, think, you know, and I learned a lot of those skills directing Sky News. Um, the interesting thing about the Queen's death um, and all of the, the rehearsals, you know, we used to have regular, you know, rehearsals for Operation London Bridge, um, at ITV and, 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 and before that ITN and Sky, um, the difference between the Queen's death and a regular breaking story. I've covered huge breaking stories, you know, Grenfell, um, Brussels terror attack. You know, I was, I wasn't on air at the time, but I was working at Sky News during 9-11. Um, you know, I was at, at, at Channel 5 News during um, the July 7th terror attacks in London. But the difference between those stories and the Queen's death is those are breaking stories. You get that on air immediately. You, but you get it, you know, and, and, and you report as the information's coming in. With the Queen, the way I was always taught is it's you don't treat it as a breaking story. You get it right. You go on air once you've got the facts. So it's not about being first. It's about 
it's about accuracy it's about being right and um you know and that's what we did and you know we were well prepped and one of the, you know again can't quite believe we we did it because we've only been on air for a few months but but on the actual evening in in the gallery i was there with piers morgan it was very you know you know textbook queen's death announcement so it was read you know i'm piers morgan in london this is the announcement fade to black run the national anthem fade to black again come back in vision repeat the announcement and then go into an obituary vt um which is how i had always been taught that, that you should break the news um and the team that i work with here really experienced editorial team that have worked at big broadcasters that's how they they knew to do it as well and so i'm you know incredibly proud of the way we handled that for a channel that has only been on air for a matter of months and i think that's a real testament to the talent and the skills of the people that that we have here uh, we may be a very small startup outfit but actually we have some real really good and smart talented journalists and production staff that make it happen behind the scenes. You've mentioned that you've worked with Piers Morgan for quite a long time. Um, I'm guessing there's probably never a dull moment. No, <laughs> there there isn't a dull moment. There were never, I mean, you know, I first met Piers, I can't remember, I think it was the end of 2015 where he came and guest hosted Good Morning Britain for a week. Um, and, you know, I'd never worked with him before. I didn't know him at all. Um, and I, I was like, this guy's really interesting. You know, like he's, you know, he's very different, um, you know, bringing something very different to the table. And then obviously when Piers was brought back, uh, I can't remember the actual timeline of it, but I think it was early the following year, he was brought back uh, to kind of anchor the show with Susanna Reid. And it was, it's been a roller coaster ever since. And actually, you know, I loved Piers and Susanna on screen together and the ensemble cast of, you know, Charlotte Hawkins and Ravis Singh, Richard Arnold, Kate Garraway. And they were an amazing team um of of presenters and created i think a brilliant morning show really you know different morning show and the thing i used to love about that was it was kind of i always thought of good morning britain as kind of sky news meets the big breakfast that's what it was always for me it needed to be different from bbc breakfast um but peers was just non-stop fun and, and 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 craziness and challenging and pushing me and sometimes pushing me on air and actually name checking me if something didn't work you know and things like that but we 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 went and interviewed. He interviewed. I directed. You know his interviews with Donald Trump, President Trump, um, uh, in Davos, Switzerland, and on Air Force One. Incredible, incredible moments for me as a, as a director. So I'm very grateful to him for all of those opportunities. And then, obviously, the the he the morning. I think it was March, uh, 2021. Um, Piers. Uh, you know, it all blew up with the Meghan Markle stuff on Good Morning Britain. Um, you know, that was a, a really different day to be directing. It's quite a, you know, you, you know, I've never had a presenter walk off set in the middle of directing a program. Um, and, you know, people often don't remember it. Piers actually did come back on set and present the rest of that day's program, which and which turned out to be his last program. And, you know, so he left in this kind of, you know, bombastic way that is typical of peers um and then working with him here as well it's been a huge challenge but it's been really exciting peers is so invested in what he's doing you know he really cares you know he cares for the team and you know he really want wants it to work and it's important we want it to work you know it's a huge challenge for all of us 
and that's why we we took the challenge in the first place um but yeah he's you know he pushes you because he's a smart guy you know he's a, he's he's been a an editor of a national newspaper he's been a huge name on american entertainment television big cnn show you know he's been there he's done that he understands it you know he doesn't suffer fools but that ultimately just makes you stronger and better at your job i think yeah being challenged and i think responding to those challenges is one of the things that then drives you on you know as a as a career person as well as something that's really interesting and, and stimulating that um as well uh, so perhaps as we get towards the end of the, the the podcast what are you looking now for the next kind of you know innovation what are you seeing that you think yeah this looks really good this can perhaps help us drive things forward uh yeah it's a good question i mean regretfully i wasn't out at ibc this year but um you know i always sort of think about those um events as exhibitions as, as a good way to sort of think well what what's the next innovation in broadcasting and you know where do we take it um and we do have to start thinking more about the non-linear uh platform you know tv you know is changing a lot and you know in in another 10 years time it will be very different to what we know what i know and what i was taught and i'll become one of the old guard you know and I'll be the people that I first met when when I first started in TV but it's important to to keep up with the latest innovations in terms of you know what we're doing in studios uh, and particularly things like on-screen graphics and things like that you know and and information how you tie information into on-screen graphics Um, you know things like if you're writing a breaking news strap that goes on the television pushing that out as a mobile phone notification and things like that, which I know some of our rivals do. Those sorts of innovations interest me because I think you've got to start thinking about the product as not just a television product. You've got to think about it, you know, on every different platform. So, um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of a piece of equipment or or, or something that, 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 that is in mind at the moment, but I just think at the forefront of everything that, that I do and that we do, is thinking that this is not just a television program. You know, how will this look if it was clipped up on TikTok um, or as a tweet? Uh, that's all really important as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't, there's not one sort of piece of equipment, I would say, but it's just thinking about the future of broadcasting. So, Erin, you spent many years in breakfast television, where, of course, you were up very, very early. Uh, You've now moved on to maybe a few more regular hours. Uh, But, you know, there is one final question I ask everyone in the podcast. So what is it, if anything, that keeps you up at night? Um, I actually sleep really well at night, Craig, to be honest. Um, And, uh, yeah, no, uh, what keeps me up? I don't mean, nothing really keeps me up at night. Um, I... It depends what sort of period we're in. I mean, we're in a busy period at the moment. We're launching new shows uh, with Vanessa Feltz and Jeremy Kyle. And, you know, a lot of those things I'm thinking, you know, gosh, have we done, have we actually done that? Or has that graphic been made? There's so many components to what we do. Um, So if anything, you know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, she did this week and, and just thought, oh gosh, I must, I must write, email that person to make sure they're aware, you know, it's things. And again, this goes back to being part of a smaller sort of startup organization. It's that, you know, we were talking about scheduling, you know, have we spoken to the scheduling team and, and told them that we're doing this or that we're doing that? So I, generally I sleep quite well. Um, 
but every now and again i'll just wake up and sort of think of random things and jot them down on my on my phone and kind of go back to sleep it's good to know after all these years of breakfast tv that Aaron is enjoying a good night's rest these days thanks to him for sharing his views with us what do you think let us know by email we are making the media at avid.com or on social i am craig aw1969 on both twitter and instagram you can of course also follow any of the avid social accounts too also check out the show notes where you can find another podcast with john mason the head of program output for stv in scotland where he discusses his passion for live news you can also find information there about Avid Maestro Graphics, now available as a software-only subscription. Now, talking of subscriptions, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get notified when new episodes are out. We are on all the major podcast platforms. That's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing Aaron's thoughts. I know I certainly did. Thanks, as always, to the production team behind the show, producer Matt Diggs. Thanks to Aaron for joining us. And thanks, of course, to you for listening. Join me, Craig Wilson, next time for more behind-the-scenes chat with the people making the media. Music